This episode was produced in the summer of 2020. Since then, statistics may have changed. The first Marshallese to come here to Arkansas is John Moody. Um, he came here, he first came to Oklahoma for uh, college and then heard about the uh, jobs here, especially in the poultry um, industry and decided to move here to Northwest Arkansas. And from there he told his relatives and relatives told their friends and uh, you know, two, three decades later, we're now, they say, around 20,000 Marshallese here in Arkansas. That's the voice of Benedict Madison, who provided a brief history in the U.S. Marshallese relationship in the last episode. In this episode, we'll dive deeper into that relationship and the status of the Marshall Islanders in Arkansas. My name is Sam Weitzel, and this is Arkansas Atoll. Leading up to 1979, the Marshall Islands wanted, wanted to become a sovereign, independent nation. So in 1979, they became um, a sovereign nation. They created their own constitution. But the U.S. didn't recognize that sovereignty until they signed the first compact of free association um, that allows Marshallese to come here to the U.S. to work, to study, to be with family, and for health purposes. To further explain the unique conditions of the compact of free association, we will now go to Dr. Sheldon Ricklin. Dr. Sheldon Ricklin is one of two Marshallese physicians in the U.S. and is a family practitioner at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, or UAMS. Because we're from the Marshall Islands, you know, we have an agreement with the U.S. Uh, it's called the Compact of Free Association. And, you know, for the Marshallese, you know, this went into effect back in 1986. And that basically you know, exchange for the U.S.'s oversight of the area and the Marshall Islands and Micronesia, actually, and their strategic denial of, you know, military rights. So they basically, no other superpower can go to the Marshall Islands without the U.S.'s okay. Uh, in exchange, we got this compact where it makes us freely can move back and forth. We can travel between the Marshalls and the U.S. without the need, need for visa. We can apply for work here without need for any you know, certification, work certificate. You know, we don't need to have a green card. We can travel with a Marshallese passport and come here and work and go to school and be employed. Among these compact of free association citizens is 31-year-old Christopher Balos, now a resident of Springdale, Chris left the Marshall Islands at the age of two to receive medical care in Hawaii. I was really young. Um, I really didn't, um, really don't have much like uh, memory as the initial migration. Um, but, like the first thing I remember was like waking up in a hospital bed, you know. Um, so the story goes like we, I was unable to walk by the time I was two and I had a younger brother that started walking before me. Um, so my family brought me out to uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, um, 
where I was admitted to Shriners Hospital. Uh, so I was, uh, so yeah, my first memory was waking up in a hospital bed and um, I had these little, uh, these metal bars across my head and stuff. So they call it a halo. I guess it was to like help, um, you know, hold my spine in place and stuff. So, or my body. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of like my first memory. And yeah, it was uh, when I first moved out there, it was uh, uh, me and my mom, you know, and two of my other siblings, they were back home. Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, we were in Hawaii for a few years. And then um, when I was able to walk and go to school, uh, we kind of made that big leap to come to the mainland. So we've, uh, we've lived in, Hawaii and Washington and then moved out to California where um, you know I spent most of my um, adolescent years um, you know graduated high school uh, did some college out there worked a little then when I was 21 I moved out here to Northwest Arkansas For myself I didn't understand why you know we were you know making that big jump coming out from the islands all the way to you know like Northwest Arkansas and stuff so immigration brings many challenges. During Chris's adolescence in California, the lack of a support system was difficult for Chris's mother. A lot of these families that don't have to go through a lot of the stuff my mom had to go through. I was uh, introduced to the big population of our people over here um, and having that um, familiar support system that was intact back home, they can have it over here as well. As soon as they get here, they can stay with families and friends for a few months or something and then get themselves on their feet. But like, you know, our route, you know, we really, we had similar um, stories, but most of the time, you know, it was always my mom doing it for herself and stuff. Chris now works for the Arkansas Support Network and is the climate ambassador for the Marshallese Educational Initiative in Springdale. But after living here, almost 10 years now, I think, um, you know, I've come to understand that, you know, it's, it's a good enough pace for a lot of my people that are, you know, first generation um, to the state. So um, it's not as, you know, fast pitch like California and Hawaii and all that stuff, so. Here's Benetic again. There are uh, Marshallese in every 50 states, actually. Um, but many of them come here to Arkansas because of the uh, cost of living here. It's a lot better than other uh, places in the country. Um, now, we not only have Marshallese coming in from the islands, but we also have those moving in from places like California or Hawaii, uh, places where the uh, cost of living is too high. Growing up Marshallese in the United States has given Chris perspective on what home means. So, you know, you have home and then I feel like, you know, it's, a, it's like a, a sanctuary, you know? You know, we can't really say we're home, but, you know, at least we know that we'll be safe, at, you know, at this place, you know? If you go down to Springdale, you can see the culture there. Um, so you can't really say, oh, these, these are, you know, immigrants who are, assimilating to American culture, so they're not technically American, we're still Marshallese. Um, you know, we always say Springdale's the next island, you know? So, us coming from a navigator's, 
you know, mindset, you know, is um, we're, we're planting our seed and then kind of grow from there. Uh, but I believe as soon as we lose the culture, then that's, I believe that's when we, we really left the islands. The Marshall Islanders have been experiencing effects of colonization since missionaries first visited their islands. Truly, in our hearts, we never really want to leave, you know, but we just kind of got forced to. And then the fact that, like, we could still see that piece of history, like, in everyday situations. I think we were put in a position where a lot of us weren't, um, had a lot of decision on, you know, you know, just like, a lot of indigenous community or minority community, like, you know, we, I feel like, you know, we were, um, you know, taken advantage of and um, they put it in a situation where we weren't accustomed to or never really um, supported to really adapt to. Uh, so um, I think um, the face is pretty important because, you know, it's like a, you know, a basic human right, you know, just kind of help teach a person how to crawl and teach them how to walk. So, but I feel like we you know from our um, historical background, I think we, you know, they just, you know, threw us in the waters, kind of learn how to swim like that. But at the same time, with a whole bunch of sharks in the water. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, it's really important for you know a person to kind of like take one step at a time when they're able to. So I think Northwest Arkansas can give us that. Here's Benedict again. I mean, I would say that we've lost so much of our, of our culture, starting from the 1850s. But right now we're trying to revive it by teaching people about the culture. And in a couple of months, you know, that there's going to be a a program, you know, to teach young Marshallese their language, their culture, how to build these canoes, and, you know, teach our young ones how to make these handicrafts, because those are skills and talents that so many people of my generation don't know. The program is called Manic Camp, and it's been postponed due to the pandemic. The Marshallese make up approximately 2% of the population of Northwest Arkansas, but they represent 19% of the area's COVID-19 cases. Marshallese community members are often reluctant to seek health care from non-Marshallese providers. Most of them are very hesitant to seek health care in places where they don't know the people there. Dr. Ricklin, who spoke earlier, came to the U.S. to attend the University of Hawaii, where he eventually received his medical training before returning to the Marshall Islands to practice medicine. After eight years of practicing medicine in the Marshall Islands, he returned to Hawaii before moving to Springdale, where he now works as a family physician and leader within the Marshallese community. We heard about, the, about what the you know, UMS was trying to you know, accomplish in terms of their, some of their projects with the community. Most of the people that we spoke with, you, know, they're, you could see their struggle. You could see that, that they need some help. You know, through the course of my interactions with many of the people I came across, you know, I, I came to realize that that was my calling, that I need to come here to at least try to do what I've been trying to do in Hawaii and hopefully reach the community here. So my whole purpose of moving to Arkansas 
was to work with the community. The issues surrounding healthcare in the Marshallese community have become even more complicated due to the spread of coronavirus. But their access to health care is also restricted by U.S. legislation that has been introduced after the Compact of Free Association. So all was well until they have this act that came about, and it was called the Personal Workers Opportunities Reconciliation Act uh, back in 1996 that went into effect that the language in that bill or that act basically made us ineligible to access any kind of federal Medicaid programs, which means we couldn't apply for federal Medicaid programs, which we cannot have insurance through the federal government. It was part of the healthcare reform that was happening back in 1996. That's the same time that you know, President Clinton was a president. Um, so it was part of that healthcare reform, but for whatever reason, we're told that there was a mistake by a staffer that the language of the act, when they wrote it, basically made all of us compact or free association migrants or citizens become ineligible for federal Medicaid. It's hard for us to trust a lot of things that you know come from the U.S. given our history with them. You know, so we we hear different things. You know, most say yes, it was a mistake, and for us, you know. It doesn't really matter to us, you know, whether it was intentional or not. What we basically need to do is reverse that. And, you know, since 1996 till today, it's still active. And we've been doing our best to get to Congress, get to the right people, so they can, all they have to do is change the language and reverse that act so we become eligible for something that we're contributing into. But since 1996 to today, 2020, we're still paying into the tax system, yet our people cannot access federal Medicare and mostly most other state Medicaid programs. The Compact of Free Association expires in the year 2023, which could have enormous consequences for the Marshallese if it's not renewed by the U.S. government. Stay tuned for the next episode of Arkansas Toll, which dives deeper into the healthcare disparities within the Marshallese community. Arkansas Toll is a production of the Arkansas Story Vault Project at the David and Barbara Pryor Center for Arkansas Oral and Visual History, Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Arkansas. Shane White, Neba Evans, Obed Lamy, Octavia Roll, and Sam Weitzel are the student producers for this podcast series. Sarah K. Moore and Colleen Thurston are the staff and faculty advisors to the project with the guidance of Dr. William Schwab. Funding for this Arkansas Story Vault project was provided by a generous donation from the Walton Family Foundation. Our sincerest gratitude is extended to the Marshallese community of Northwest Arkansas for sharing their stories with us. For ways to support them during the COVID-19 crisis, visit Impact nwa.org That's impact nwa.org The theme song used for this podcast series and so that I don't butcher the correct pronunciation in Mr. Teben's own words is titled We'd like to extend our many thanks to Mr. Jorlick Teben and producer Scott Steg for their musical contribution Ah!